Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. The boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Hello, Ross. Hopefully you're going to be a little bit uh, clearer and, and up and about than that. That was a really sort of pedestrian start, I would have thought. Uh, <laughs> lovely to be here with you blokes again. Uh, looking forward to tearing cricket a new one. Definitely. A man who has said Shane Watson modelled his game on. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. Hello, Mick. Australia's number one Mitch Marsh fan and our guru. Welcome, Alex. Hello, fellas. What a lovely week it's been. Let's get stuck into it. All right. Today we come to you from the quadrangled Frederick Herald Soft Company Studios. This is a Big Load production brought to you by our Tier 1 sponsors for 2018. Brits Diablo, Poor Man Joho Diablo, Gateway Drug, The Fire Twilling, Wacker, Sun in Your Eyes Since 75, The Dot Matrix Printing Company, The Tractor Paper Company, Snakeboard, Discaving Kneecap Since 1991, Pyramid Bank, Channel 31, Bilo, and Video Easy. Get it first time or get it free. <laughs> Don't forget our merchandise on Redbubble and check out the hats. You're a fucking hey, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> At least hats. $79 plus $79 postage and handling. <laughs> How good was the um, sound quality last time, fellas? Oh. Oh. I was studio. Oh. I listened back, which I don't normally do. I listened mm-hmm. back and um, I-, I remember telling a few crispy sort of gags. And there was just dead air. And I'm, I, uh, uh, might have been because they weren't as crispy as I thought, but you know, it could have to do with the uh, Frederick Harold Sock Company Quadrangle Studio. You never know your luck in the big city. Uh, yes. We um, start the show by going to the biggest news of the past fortnight, and it's the Ben Stokes court case. Over to you. Some big Mick. stuff off the top, Ross. Alrighty, yes. Yeah. So, as we know, they had the uh, trial for boxing Ben Stokes over the last week. So he missed their <laughs> last, he missed the last test against India. And um, long story short, um, there was a lot of conflicting um, testimony. Is probably the best way to put it. So uh, there's the bouncer basically said that Stokes and Hales tried to get in and he wouldn't let him in, so they gave him shit about his gold tooth and his tattoos, which, <laughs> in fairness to Stokes and Hales, probably seems fair enough. But, um, but yeah, then apparently, depending on who you believe, the um, the guys who got attacked, which is uh, one's named Ali and one named Hale, just to make it even more fucking confusing. So they claim that Stokes and Alex Hales um, were abusing a gay couple who were leaving the nightclub and they kind of tried to stick up for them. The other side of that, then Stokes and Hales basically accused Ali and Hale of the same thing. So it got into into a lot of he said, she said. Um, One of the blokes, Ali or Hale, had a beer bottle, and when he came at Stokes, they took that aggression as him trying to glass Stokes, so they really hammered down on the glassing Stokes um, aspect of it to try and defend Stokes' actions. Um, yeah. Whilst I get it, like, if a bloke's trying to glass you, yeah, you probably are gonna lash out to defend yourself. The fact that he broke the cunt's fucking eye socket and knocked him the fuck out, and then his good mate Alex Hales come in and stomped on his fucking head <laughs> might be a bit excessive just between me and you. But yeah. um, but that's essentially what's happened. It's, he's basically gotten off. There'll be civil action due to the injuries and all that from what has been reported. Um, but the, funny, the, the thing is, and like I know he's... 
I want to get my little rant in before you guys have your say. Yeah. But the thing to come out of all of this is that they play a test in like a week or two's time or whenever it is. He's going to be available and a very good chance he'll be fucking picked. So this bloke has beaten the fuck out of one human being and belted another one as well. And he's been found not guilty. That's all well and good. Three blokes in South Africa rubbed sandpaper on a cricket ball and won't play cricket for 12 months. He'll be playing in a test in a week's time. Like, isn't this the thing where the ECB, if they got the balls to do what Cricket Australia get up on their high horse and fucking ban him because it's a bad look for the game? Because I've seen the video footage and what he did to that bloke and what Hales did to that bloke. That's as bad a look for the game as fucking anything going around. So... Maybe, which we've said all along, maybe Cricket Australia were too heavy-handed and just reacting to the squealing masses because the reality of it is is that you get a lot of belt blokes and still play chess cricket, so why can't you rub sandpaper on a cricket ball? Yep. Um, I essentially agree with that, Mick. Um, I think that the ECB are probably going to say something like, yeah, well, he missed an Ashes, he's no longer vice-captain. Etc. Etc. So, I don't reckon ECB are going to hand out any further sort of penalties on him. Um, I I do think that makes sort of cricket Australia's punishment look a bit excessive, which we all sort of thought it was at the time. Oh, can I just interject for a second? No. Um, I, saw, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw on Twitter today that there was uh, another investigation taking place. Um, uh, separate to the ECB, but for the ECB, if that makes sense. So an independent body oh, okay. for the ECB okay. will be conducting their own investigation. Uh, but continue your thing, and then I'll follow you. Okay, no worries. Um, so essentially, I guess we sort of need to look at it as in the system worked, and he was not guilty of a fray. Uh, does anyone here know what a fray actually is? I don't. They're a, ba- they're a band that was big about three years ago, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, it, it might be because he was retaliating that that's not a fray or something, or because he felt yeah. like he was... Because the lawyers on, on Stokes' side kept mentioning, from what I've read anyway, that he was fearful and so was protecting himself yeah. or others. So I'm guessing a fray is just punching on with no sense of thought or no reason, I guess. Yeah. Which is why they sort of argued that line, and I suppose the jury yeah. couldn't say, "Oh, yeah, no, he was just doing it because he's aggressive." They were probably, they, yeah. you know, he might have been doing it because he felt threatened, which is fine, you know. Yeah, well, that's true, and that's and that's I'm I'm the same as you. That's the thing I read through all of it. They they always mention the bottle in the guy's hand and mention yeah. that as Stokes being fearful that he was going to get hit with the bottle, and but I guess maybe it's just a difference in countries too, because like. In Australia, like he'd just be charged with assault. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they tried to also charge him with assault, but yeah. the lawyer, oh, sorry, the lawyer, the judge said no, you couldn't change it at the later date or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. I'm not sure okay. why the prosecution didn't charge him for assault because it's pretty yeah. much assault. Yeah, I don't know. But. So I'll just, um, I'll just go through the tweet I saw. It's from Jonathan Agnew, uh, Agnes. who I would suggest is a decent uh, source. Um, so the tweet goes a process has begun involving the independent CDC about Stokes and Hales uh, blah 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 until then both can continue to play every cricketer is contractually contractually bound not to bring the game into disrepute that's the charge they will face 
Okay. So there's been a, a reply from another user named Matt Knight, uh, who says, people need to remember that this disciplinary procedure is completely different to the criminal proceedings, addressing a different charge and a different burden of proof as determined by their central contract, saying not guilty, as people have been replying uh, on Twitter, doesn't mean anything in this context. And I think that hits the nail on the head around some of the stuff that's on social media. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, the conversation has been a little bit too simplistic around what now happens to Stokes. Um, I think us, for people just to say, well, he's gone through the courts and uh, he's been found not guilty of the affray charge, which is true, um, then that means it should all be done and dusted. People like Michael Bourne saying, you know, it is what it is. He's gone through the courts now. He can get on with playing. But I'm not sure that's the case, that he can be getting on with playing. Well, um, as his contract states, he is bound to make sure that he's a higher level than most within the community, um, given his, I guess, stature within that community. <coughs> um, and everyone has social media these days, at Davy Smalls, for those who are interested. Um, <laughs> with a Y or an IE, mate? <laughs> yeah, IE. Yeah. Um, but from my point of view, you know, he, he has got other charges to answer, and that is to his employer now. So mm. just by saying that you're not guilty in court, there's a video of you punching, you know, a semi-defenseless man in the middle of the street. Well, with his hands your up. Employer's, yeah. yeah, your employer's probably going to want to have a few conversations with you before you return to work. Yeah. And the thing about that too is that all these same people who are saying that because he went through the court system he got found not, not guilty, that's fine. These are all the same people who were... Who, uh, who ignored the ICC's ruling and were happy for... I know it's not the same thing, but they were happy for those three blokes to be taken out of cricket for 12 months. So, Which is what I, which mm. is what I mean by saying that the conversation's a little too simplistic. Yeah. So, yes, yes, um, Warner, Smith... Uh, and not even Bancroft wasn't even banned. Oh, no, Smith wasn't banned yeah. by the ICC. No, Warner wasn't, um, wasn't then it? Obviously... Oh, sorry, Warner, yeah. yeah. But obviously then the employer comes in over the top and says, well, okay, you've got your sanctions by the governing body. Yeah. Um, in this case, you know, the Parliament of the UK or whatever. But you also have to have a conversation with us around your conduct. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll put our own disciplinary spin on it as we see fit. So that's potentially what happens to Ben Stokes yeah. now. And Alex uh, Hales. And, to, and Alex Hales. And to say that, you know because the court has found you not guilty that you know, you're know you absolved of all sort of responsibility of what happened, I don't think that should be the case. Yeah. But that's just my two cents. And mm. so one thing I just want to back over when Ginn said, like, and, and not that he's, but the whole argument that, oh, well, he, he missed the Ashes, so he's being punished. But didn't he miss the Ashes because the court refused to let him fly? Might have been something like <laughs> no, that. So that's not the ECB saying or... you're not going to play. That's him being being disciplined by his country for being a fuckwit. Nah, he, um... Wasn't he ever in New Zealand playing first-class cricket? Nah, but that was after, because no, there was a portion of the Ashes yeah. where he wasn't allowed to fly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I remember that floating around, but then everyone saw him at the airport yeah. or something. And, uh, but then they... I think the ECP said we're not going to bring him in for the last three tests or two tests or whatever it was, yeah. but I think you're right to a point, Nick, mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, they just did what they, maybe they just did what they did with all other convicts and sent him over to uh, our fucking end of the world. Uh, I think you're right, Ross. I think you are right, Ross. Yeah, I think he yeah, had a court date or something. Uh, a very interesting thing about the case was that none of the, the two, the gay couple, weren't... Jeez, I stumbled over that, didn't I? Uh, 
they weren't interviewed or they wouldn't they weren't witnesses. Yeah, I know. I, I thought that so was so interesting. Yeah, that was the most unusual thing in the world because they seemed to be the central part of the whole case. And yeah. they they were basically able to get on the stand and say one way or the other what happened. Yeah. Which makes it weird like why neither side called upon them to testify. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not a legal expert or a lawyer or anything like that, and I'm not sure the way that the law works in the UK, but I know potentially they've probably done their pre-trial interview with the, the two gentlemen, uh, may have seen that neither side or neither side has seen them as a credible witness, and they've just said, well, let's not even bother calling them up because yeah, okay. alcohol was involved, they didn't know what was going on, or something. It could be anything yeah, along that line. And that's where it's... Wi- Listen to me, I'm like, fuck Judge yeah. Judy here. But you're right there, Bull, and I get that. And that's why it's Judge so unusual... Joe Brown. <laughs> and that's why it was so unusual that the bouncers thing was kind of ignored because he's the sober party who wouldn't let Hales and that in because they were drunk. Yet and him saying that Stokes was the initiate so. and he was the one doing all this stuff got ignored. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think I read somewhere that he his opinion was sort of not credible because his his interview at the police stations and his version of events in the court were different. Oh, okay. Then. So then he's sort of like, yeah, yeah, come on, and then the, oh, probably the um, uh, prosecutors were like, ah, oh, fuck, he's saying different things. He's useless. Yeah, to okay. Then. We are also forgetting one <clears throat> small fact here, fellas, within that trial. Mm-hmm is that you are judged by, you know, a group of 12 of your peers. And yes. the fact that, you know, Ben Stokes is the best cricketer uh, since Andrew Flintoff in England, um, potentially that may have swayed the audience a little yeah, bit. Well, well they, they did... I read this as well, that they did weed out anyone who cared about cricket. So the question... Either they're lying, and then perjury yeah. or whatever it's called, <laughs> saying that they didn't care about cricket or cricket didn't affect them or... Did they know? Yeah, but you don't care about cricket. Yeah. You still like it. <laughs> I do care about cricket. I care so much so that I get 63 wickets at 8.98. Ah, oh, fuck off. But, that's, but you raise a really good point about a jury of your peers. Cause that's, why I always, that's why I always settle outside of court. Because you can't find, can't find any peers. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've only got three peers yeah. in my life. Interesting one there. Shouldn't the jury be random? I know they're not, but it just raises a big point. Shouldn't the jury have been randomly selected? So there should have been, say, one or two cricket fans on that 12-man panel? I don't know. I think it's no, I think they're, they... they're compromised. If it, yeah, they obviously have a weaning out process so that they don't have any sort of prejudice. I know the American system might be different to the UK oh, system. I have but, no idea. You know, they go through and make sure there's no racists on the panel. Yeah. But when why it comes not? To, you know, a different cultural yeah. person who's yeah. standing trial no, no, or but, whatever. So, but if okay, uh, this is a different argument. But if it's meant to be a panel of your peers, shouldn't it come from all cross sections of society? Oh. Like not just well, if it's meant to be, you know, if it's really meant to be a panel of his peers, they should all be ex New Zealand <laughs> county cricketers, really. The fucking Fanta pantses. Brendan McCullough, the guy that he smokes cigarettes with. <laughs> <laughs> For the life of me, I can't remember his name, but I know that he was smoking cigarettes. Twelve people who enjoy terrible name nightclubs. <laughs> embargo. Yes, embargo. Uh, Trade embargo. Uh, so, uh, interesting, George DeBell had his take on the whole course. Oh, the bell end. <laughs> oh, he did oh, really? just. Can oh, I say yeah. the first line from his article about Ben Stokes must learn the lessons of his brush with career oblivion? 
Yes, that was can. quite Please. a hangover. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, oh, it's um, Mark Robinson esque, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. pretty. It's. Oh, look, he makes some good points and stuff, but it, I does. think at the end he's fairly um, adulating on uh, yeah. Stokes at the end of Stokes. it. I think I'll just read a so, one little quote for us. Yep. Uh, Stokes sat impassive throughout most of the trial. Oh, he laughed yes. once when his barrister <laughs> referred to the shoes he was wearing as booties. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, George, um, George DeBell, managed, king of the unnecessary detail. Hyperbole. Oh. I managed to um, I managed to catch a George DeBell article before the trial uh, mm. and before the case was uh, over with. Uh, this was the um, the headline: England needs Stokes, but he needs them more. And this was on Quick Info. Uh, we get all your info back. <laughs> this was his first line. This was after the uh, test match against India. Of course it was Ben Stokes who sealed the game. Second line. Of course it was Stokes in a match studded with fine individual performances who produced the definitive contribution. (laughs) Third line. Of course it was Stokes on the verge of another hiatus from international cricket who took the key wicket and the final wicket as if to underline how much England will miss him. And then I've added my own line. And of course it was Stokes who punched the fuck out of two pissheads at the Huntington <laughs> Fifty Nightclub in the early hours of the morning. I thought you were going to say because the next line was fucking stupid as well, cricket. I thought you were going to say the next one was of course it was Stokes as I, George DeBell, jack off thinking about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, mate. I'll tell you something. The only difference between David Warner, who is public enemy number one in cricket circles at the moment, and Ben Stokes is that when Stokes swings at someone, he actually lands it. <laughs> There's another quote in the article that I like here. In both innings, Stokes was England's quickest bowler, but he is far more than the brutish enforcer, which I thought was a poor choice of words. Um, <laughs> he was at he the Margo. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a skillful swing bowler, perhaps England's second best exponent of it. So out of the two swing bowlers, Jimmy Anderson and Ben Stokes, he's the second best. <laughs> well, well, wait, let's write an article about it. <laughs> Fuck it out. Anyway, he goes on. He says... <laughs> he says about the ball that got K- KL Rahul out. It was a delivery that would have pleased James Anderson or Richard Hadley. Well, ask them. Don't just, don't just make up shit. Ask them if it pleased them. They're both alive. They're not dead. Why did he pick Richard Hadley? Like, of all I the know, swing I... bowlers who could play cricket. Like... <laughs> but, like, they're not dead. So you don't have to say it would have pleased them. Just ask them. Ask them if it pleased them. This is how the conversation could go. This is how the conversation should go. Yeah, g'day, Richard George D from Quick Info. <laughs> what did you... Right? George D. Uh, yeah. George D. George D, you mate. George D. What did you think of the ball that got KL <laughs> Yeah, you liked it? Or, do you mind if I pop that in my next article? Cheers, mate. Tally ho, motherfucker. <laughs> I, guarantee Richard, I guarantee Richard Hadley's response would have been... George DeBell, are you the DeBell end bloke they talk about on the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast? Because you know Richard Hadley's listening to us. Ridiculous. You don't have to put words in people's mouths when they're alive. James Anderson played in the same fucking game, walked down to the boundary and go, what did you reckon about that ball that got fucking rolled? That was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty good ball. All right, I'll wake up in the <laughs> I think if we actually asked them though, Davey, it would just be. They tell the fuck off. Yeah, yeah. and like a silent tone and (laughs) Jimmy Jim Bob Anderson not even turning around on the boundary line. Uh, 
that, that, so I just caught a little bit of that. And that I, don't know, I thought it was interesting, sort of the language that was used in relation to that. But I'm sure he's got to pop out 40 articles every fucking day, but still, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Georgie D, Big D, as he goes by. Yeah, Big D from uh, Crypt Info. Hey, let's shoot the shit. Uh, let's uh, sniff the air and uh, read the tea leaves and uh, do all that other sorts of fucking bullshit. Let's go get some quinoa or whatever it is that we're doing. Uh, oh, GD. Uh, Fuck I just I love the way he, he um, signs off his phone conversations. Telly ho, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Spot on. Yeah. That might have been a bit of creative life. What? You're yeah. <laughs> just like Georgie D. Yeah, no, I think I think Georgie D actually says telly ho, fuckbags. But yeah, anyway. Ah, the old fuckbag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I caught. Oh, yeah, well... Staying in England now, we'll move over to the cricket that occurred, and it was a Lord's Test match. India batted first, and they had a little bit of trouble with the slope. Yeah. That's racist. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, jeez, <laughs> you ready? Fuck <laughs> it. It's not an episode of Top Gear. Fuck. Right, right. They lasted, the marathon innings lasted all of 35.2 overs for 107 all out. James Anderson, the ageless old fuck, five for twenty off fourteen overs. Yep, yep. And uh, your man Mick Adil Rashid didn't get a bowl in the first innings. Mm. Uh, probably get one in the second dig because I reckon you get one in the second. Yeah, that's it. That's it. A little bit green, but it'll flatten out as the game goes on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He'll be able to bowl with some foot marks. Um, because the left-handers bowling or some shit. That that's the left yeah. armour. That's right. That's yeah. that's why the Sam Curran plays Test cricket because yes. he bowls with the yeah. left arm because he has big. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Mm. I want to know before we move on. Mm. How did Sam Curran get to the ground? Oh, well, I think he point. caught the train. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he caught the train, the train. Is there a monorail the tickets, boys? <laughs> Just punching tickets. I thought, Jeff, I thought Jeff Marsh drove him in on a tractor or something. <laughs> <laughs> An old Massey Ferguson thing. <laughs> he drove all the way from that Zimbabwe was... with him. Yeah. But the Massey Ferguson, I was trying to do a Zimbabwe. If, and... if anyone's driving the uh, tractor, it's old uh, our mate Chef Cook. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Just yeah. married in the, the tractor. Yeah. Alley Cook. Popping into his local me. pub. Yeah, yeah. firing like a that. shotgun off into the air for no reason. <laughs> Hunting pheasants oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a shotgun yeah. cradled over his arm and one of those stupid <laughs> fucking hats. Yeah, and the jacket. The jacket <laughs> with the leather. On it. <laughs> <laughs> the jacket with the leather shoulder. How, yeah, so you can break the shotgun. I love how they go and hunt pheasants. The world's <laughs> smallest bird with the world's biggest gun. And as soon as you go to eat the fucker, there's just shotgun pellets in it. What's the point? No, you shoot it in the head, the thing. Oh, pardon me, oh. fucking uh, Johnny Rambo. <laughs> it's, like, it's like throwing dynamite in a lake. Like, what's the fucking... Where's the sport in that? I think it's not so much Johnny Rambo as you should be calling me Glenn McGrath because he shoots elephants, doesn't he? Yeah, something like oh. that. Uh, Touched I by think um, Alistair Cook also wears the jackets with the leather elbow patches and the big leather thing over his shoulder so he can snap his shotgun open and yeah, carry it over his yes, shoulder. Yeah, of course. And uh, also, he he gets on his horse, and they do um, the one where they release all the beagles, the fox hunt. Is that yes. It? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one. He does that. Yeah, part of that. He's one of the red coats. Yeah. Anyway, uh, big alley cook. Yeah. Finest, Ross. That's it. Uh, and to native animals, not introduced ones <laughs> like here in Australia. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Oh, what'd you get today? Oh, a couple of badgers and a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever's yeah. endangered. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's on the endangered list. <laughs> Smash a couple I, of I, those I, down. Clint <laughs> McGrath yeah. the fuck out of them. <laughs> Did you uh, shoot them humanely? No, nah, no, nah, we filled them with sticks to that. <laughs> nah, we just <laughs> let 50 of our dogs chew it to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got their night sticks out, Mick, and filled them up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, England then had a bat, and they weren't going too well. They're in a bit of strife. They were five for 131 mm-hmm. when Johnny Bairstow, who's got the gloves still, Josh yes. Butler has. The, they're both in both teams, but one has the gloves in one, and one has the gloves in the other. Anyway, we've talked about this before. Johnny Bairstow was joined by Chris Wokes. Yes, and oh, Johnny B made 93, but it was Wokesy made 137, not out. That's all works. That's all works. Yeah. And <laughs> Sam Big Boy Curran, he made 40 as well to get him on the right track. And it seems that that Kuldeep Yadav bloke who had him in circles in the ODIs has lost his luster because he only got nine overs and took none for 44. Ooh. Worked so him out, so to speak, England declared, England declared having only made 396. So they're only 290 in front. Yeah. But that was far too much for India, who were all out for 130. Ravi Ashwin batting down at number 8, top scored with 33. I think he top scored in the first dig as well, didn't he? Or did he do it? It was also in the second innings. He did. He got 29 and 33. He was top scorer in both innings. And I think like the second innings, Coley's back gave out on him, so he batted really low as well. Yeah, or lower than yes, normal. Uh, that old five. chestnut, eh? Yeah, he because the wickets tumbled early. He had to come in at five because he had like seventy-two oh, okay. minutes or something before he could back. Yeah. He was off the field for a period of time. Yeah, too. I thought he had a back-related, heart-related back issue, something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if there's one thing that Virat Kohli isn't, it's soft. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably true. a good point. Actually, yeah. we we probably shouldn't give it to him about his uh, in, uh, heart and intent. I will yeah. refuse to fall to, to what you want me to do. <laughs> fuck him. Fair enough, Mick. He's a fucking cockhead. Well, he's a cockhead. Let's not get it wrong. But, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty tough. He's a cockhead. We all wish he was our cockhead. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. That's good point. Jim mm. Anderson, 4 for 23. And old mate Stu Broad, 4 for 44. One of the, as I quote George DeBell in quotation marks, one of those spells, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Can I... Can I just say something before we move on? Yep. Yes. If you're an ageing fast bowler, thank you, Michael. If you're an ageing fast bowler, fuck you want to play India at home, don't you? Oh, Jeez, they are yeah. so fucking putrid away from home that if you're yeah. just a shit truck fast bowler and you're like, oh, my stats are a little bit low, I could be dropped, bring on India. I'll get fucking 16 for the series and I'm back in action. It's interesting yeah, okay. to see because the first test, I think, what India lose by 30 runs. And everyone was like, oh, this is sort of, well, at least me anyway. I was like, oh, they're not that bad, you know. But then you you miss how big Virat Kohli was in that first test. With him not firing, what happens, you know. And it should have been right on the wall when you look at the scores. No one scored over 50 or 30 except for his in the first test. And the second test, he doesn't score over 50. And then they get bundled out and lose by an innings and 100 and something runs. So So, um, England debutante in this game was... um, Player Oliver John Douglas Pope. Yes, yes. Yeah, Bandit Four. He's a blood nut. He's played yep. sixteen. Real, tests. Uh, yeah, he's 
played 16 first-class matches, made four centuries and three fifties, mm. average of 61. They've gone the... Um, He's a 20-year-old. Far beaten for me to say. Yeah, they've sort of gone down the Australian road there with um, when we first brought in Michael Clark. He's got a little bit in the first-class game. Let's just throw him in there and have a look. Mm. Very non-English or un-English to do. Mm. Yeah, I, I think agree. they're doing more and more, though, over the last 10 years. Like, he might come in, have a stint, and go away, and then come back in two years' time, but like Steve yeah, Smith, yeah. and be really good. Yep. I, agree. I tend to agree with you. It's very, very un-English, but because from all accounts, he was born in England. So <laughs> yeah, he was. He was born. Well, in that's Belgium. that's unusual. Yeah. Very yeah. unusual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Sad to see the English game go downhill so bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, Ross, who remember this guy's name? Who was the young batsman for England that scored a shirtload of runs in India? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alistair Cook. He's a double H'er. No, he's got H.H. Hamid Hammond or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and he scored yeah. nearly 300 or something like that. Or Broke his hand or something. He's 19. Never saw him again. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, very young. So I'm like, well, that's yeah, sort of, yeah. like, recently anyway, a little bit of history oh, picking yeah. young kids. But he hasn't been heard of him. since. And I'm pretty sure, no. Mick, well, you haven't even mentioned his name in your county rap. No, that name doesn't even ring a bell. So yeah. he hasn't been doing anything interesting. Yeah. Now, he's he the highest... Sorry, Ross, go, mate. You go. No, all right, go, no. Bull. Go, Bull. All right. Um, <laughs> I, wasn't he the highest ever... He had the highest score for a debutante for England at that time? Yeah, something like that. So, That's yeah. like a double hundred. Or it was massive. It was a big hundred on debut. And then... Yeah, no, yeah like you said, no one ever heard from him. Yeah, before. I think he petered out and did shit a couple of times or something. Or someone come back from injury and replaced him. And then nothing. With um, <laughs> such a dominant performance there by England at um, Lords, Andrew McGlashan yep. from ESPN Crick Info has uh, opened up an article, How do you fit Ben Stokes back in this England team? Ooh. <laughs> That's a bloody good question. Well, you don't, he just punches his way back into it. Yeah. Right? You let him lose the train and the first bloke he knocks out, he takes his fucking spot. That's all. <laughs> like the 1980s Hawthorne team. Yeah. <laughs> Get him into the octagon, Mick. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You'd think perhaps that Adil Rashid's busy match might see him have a rest. Yeah, he's... Not he might be exhausted after all the work he put in in that test. That's, he went ultimate park cricket style, didn't he? Oh, he did. Back, didn't bowl, couldn't take yeah. a catch. I could do that for England. Fucking give me a go. That's an interesting one. Uh, Ollie Pope's in the team. He's a wicketkeeper. <laughs> So's Joss Butler, so's Johnny Bairstow. So they've gone the Tasmania option. They've gone full Tasmania. Tassie star. Yep. Map of Tassie. Mm. (laughs) You never know your luck. Uh, Sam Curran could be one of the unlucky ones to make way for Boxing Ben. Or maybe... But Tassie, like, they were, like, talking about he was the second coming of fucking Jesus Christ, bloody, three weeks ago. Yeah, but Ben Stokes was the first coming, so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, we'll stay in... Oh, the third test is at Trent Bridge starting Saturday, so get your eyeballs on that one if you want. Ooh, yeah. But we'll stay in England now, and it's over to you, Mick, for Have Bat, Will Travel. Alrighty, so, uh, yeah, so we've got this uh, episode's edition of Have Bat, Will Travel. So, firstly, before we get into the uh, T20 aspect of it and catch up with what's been going on in the Vitality Blast... I want to quickly touch on a little bit of combination of my normal segment, uh, local cricket, and a bit of have-bat-will-travel, 
the uh, meeting of the minds, right. so to say. So we've got a yeah. situation that's happened in the Somerset Cricket League where uh, it was a one-day match between a couple of second eleven teams. It was the Minehead... Oh, this is great. It was the Minehead Cricket Club taking on the Purnell Cricket Club. It was a 45-over one-day fixture. So um, Purnell was sent in to bat, and they made 280. So that's not a bad effort there. And um, yeah, we basically... Nice. We, we, we catch up with the game during the Minehead innings, and Minehead were 3 for 116 when Jay Darrell... Made made his way to the crease. Now, and our man, our man Daryl had never made a century. So, oh, so we get to the uh, we get to the final ball of the game, and uh, our mate Daryl's on ninety six, and uh, the the chap from Minehead strolls in and deliberately bowls four leg buys, not leg buys. Sorry, just four. Four buys wide down the leg side. Just throws it to the fence. <laughs> down to fine leg. Ends the game. Yeah, it, was four, it was four runs to win. Sorry. Four, four runs to win. Ends yeah. the game and denies uh, our mate Daryl of his ton. Oh. So, um, part of me... Stipshit. Sorry, he was on 98, not 96. Or, but So, part of me... The batsman in me says that's really shit because you shouldn't deny a bloke a ton. You should have the balls to take him on head on and see if he can do it. The prick in me... Really likes this and is a bit proud yeah. of this bike and thinks it's really funny. But uh, when it's all said and done, the, the batsman in me overrules and it's a fucking shit effort. And and it's just typical of fast bowlers. They're all pee-hearted cunts who don't have the balls to take on the fucking situation. <laughs> it is... Um, like, I, I caught up with this article as well, Mick, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm in a similar vein. It's pretty... It's a soft option. Um, I understand that you probably don't want people getting any glory against you but shoe on the other foot you'd be pretty wild if it happened to one of yours well, not us because yeah. we obviously hated all of the teammates we played with yeah. but um, you know normal people who play normal cricket <laughs> uh, and who have normal sensibilities would be wild about that so I sort of understand the uproar was well, there any sort of um, overlapping um, fallout from that at all Mick? I haven't read I didn't read any follow ups to see what kind of punishment he got the word is that the club was going to punish him but didn't I really hear. He got six fixtures. Oh, there you go. From what I read, okay, yeah, I official didn't... six fixtures from the competition. Well, why did you ask, Paul? If you already knew, yeah, you should just told me. I didn't. So know. I thought Mick might know. That's <laughs> about. Listen, there's an old school saying, mate. You lead a horse to water. All right. Yeah. Mick could have taken all the glory then if he had have done the slight bit of preparation, which is rich coming from me. I know. <laughs> um, so, um, hey, Mick, just a quick yes. question. So the four buys ended the match by. The batting side winning. Yes, yeah. Yes, so okay. bro- what over was it? So brought up. Uh, so brought up. So he, he, in theory, he could have bowled a dot ball and won the game. Oh, so was it the last ball? I'm pretty sure it was. What the fuck? That's. I might be wrong, thing. but what? I'm pretty sure it was a situation where he could have. Or you know <laughs> what? I'll just have the fucking balls to bowl a fucking dot anyway. The yeah, thing about yeah, it is, it. is like you didn't bowl four wides down leg every ball to stop him plundering the other 98 fucking runs. <laughs> So why yeah, deny him the next two? Like, it just... Very good point, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're happy serving up 98 pounds worth of soft half volleys. Yeah, Give him another couple. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so from there, we're gonna, we'll move um, into the Vitality Blast. So um, so the last fortnight, has, there's been no first-class 
um, four-day fixtures. It's been all T20 um, in England. Obviously, the tests have been on as well, but at this uh, county level, it's been entirely the uh, T20 Vitality Blast, which is proudly presented by Red Tube. <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> All right, so first game we've got up. So Sussex beat Middlesex by 12 runs. So uh, one of the f- podcast favourite targets, old straight, ba- straight breaks, Ashton Agar is playing for Middlesex. He took three for 42 with the pill and took zero not out with the stick. Uh, the man two Test Nations don't want to play Test cricket. Owen Morgan got 90 for Middlesex. It wasn't enough, but because they lost. Uh, so Durham knocked off Knots by 75 runs. That is fucking massive in a T20. Um, Durham posted 170. Uh, Paul Collingwood got 50 not out. They then rolled Knots for 95. Uh, the rim job took two for 20. But the main destroyer was uh, Imran Longhop Tahir, who took four for 16. Oh, that's village. Yeah, all caught on the fence is my guess. Um, <laughs> so Leicester succumbed to the Birmingham Bears, losing by eight wickets. Leicester batted first, uh, posting 143. But old mate Fat Guts Cosgrove made eight. Uh, Birmingham chased it two wickets down with Adam length of... Hose top scoring with 66. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Knott's beat Derby by nine runs. Knott's batted first, getting to 166. Kinsman DC got 39 not out. Garden. Uh, Derby were eight for 157 at the end of their 20 overs. DC got one for 23 off his two overs. But the pick of the oh, bowls was the NZ Care Bear Ish Sodi, who picked up four for 17 for Knott's. Um, Kent was up Yeah, 4 for 17 Very good figures Uh, So Kent what he fucking said, Alex (laughs) (laughs) Is that a kid 4 for? I think it is (laughs) (laughs) No, I said 17, not 71 Um, Oh, you said 4 for, not 8 for Yeah, sorry So Kent Kent beat Essex by 28 runs So hard as a Kent's head batted first Making 4 for 191 Chief Destroyer was Sam Billings, who made 56. The old gold coin donor... Gold... Uh, fuck it out. Gold Stoin donation made... There it is. Got 47 before he got run out. Uh, there's a couple of Aussies at Essex as well. Pierre Siddle got none for 31. And Adam, the headband wanker, Zampa, took Chopper. two for 31. <laughs> uh, Essex got rolled for 163. Pierre made a duck and Zampa got four. Uh, next up, his top score ever, I reckon. Fucking <laughs> close to it. In all uh, forms of cricket. <laughs> I heard it was a French cut. <laughs> <laughs> now that's safe for Pierre Siddle. He does the French cuts. Yeah, okay. uh, so next up, we have Worcester uh, beat Durham by three wickets. Uh, Durham batted first, making seven for 194. The uh, key contributor being Tom. Lucky it's not Mark Latham, who got 78. <laughs> The rim job got run out for two. Uh, Callum Ferguson's playing at Worcester. He got 39. Um, they made seven for 195 to get the victory. The rim job got one for 45 off his three and a half overs. Um, next right. up, what have we got up next? Uh, Somerset beat Essex by 10 wickets. Oh. So Essex made... Smashing. Yeah, Essex uh, were nine for 136. Pierre got a duck and Zampa got zero not out. 
which is might as well be a fucking duck, have a swinging cunt. Um, <laughs> duck, duck LaRonge yeah. for the Frenchman. <laughs> uh, former <laughs> West Indies <laughs> quick Jerome Taylor got three for 28 for Essex. He kind of got it. Yeah, he did. Somerset chased. No, he kind of got it for Essex. He got it for Somerset. Fucking hell me. Uh, Somerset chased Dumb the target. Cunt. No wickets down. Uh, <laughs> the key man was Johan Jorberg. No, my Berg, who made 103. <laughs> Pierre went for none for 28 off his two overs. Wow. And Zampa went for 20 not, uh, 29 off his two overs. They are getting fucking belted everywhere for Essex, these two Muppets. Yeah, uh, they should have surrendered. Oh, they yeah, should have surrendered. Yeah, put the oh. white flag up, ate some cheese. Have a sit down. <laughs> uh, so we had Leicester beat Lanks by five wickets. Uh, Lanks batted first, getting to five for 190. Uh, Alex, I don't know. Davies got 94, not out. I don't know why the fuck I put I don't know there. Maybe because I don't know. I don't know, know Davies. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was meant to do. I was meant to go. I don't know, Davies. I uh, got 94, not out. Well, actually, you know what I thought happened? I uh, thought you wrote the article and then went, oh, I don't know a nickname. I better find one. And just sort of yeah, I don't know what there. I'm doing half the time anyway. Um, <laughs> you did say you were busy at work today, Mick. So. I was. I, ba- I tried to bang this out as quick as possible, so it's fair to say find that it's very not the highest believe, quality. Michael. Um, so... <laughs> James, his shit, you can't change my mind, Chris Henstock. Faulkner got five not out. Uh, Leicester chased the score five wickets down. Fatty Boomba, Mark Cosgrove got two. Uh, South African Colin Ackerman top scored with 45. Faulkner went for thir- none for 30 off his three overs. Yeah, but he brings heaps to the team, Mick. Yeah. Yeah, change room. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, Lamingtons. Yeah, like no, a D- you... DUI charge. He brings that with him as well. Uh, <laughs> Yorkshire, Yorkshire beat North Ants by six wickets. There was no Aussies in this match, but the super care bear came Williamson got 52 red for Yorkshire. Uh, Glamorgan beat Gloucester by two runs. Glamorgan batted first. They got six for 201. Kamashwa made 20. Uh, some young bloke named Craig made 77. I couldn't pronounce his last name, so I didn't write it down. Uh, Suit and Ty got one for... F- yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Get a better name. Suit and Ty got yeah. one for 50 off his four overs for Gloucester. Oh, he's uh, a Gloucester good got to nine bowler. for 199 to fall two runs short on the final ball of the day. Uh, show favourite, Maxi Klingers, the captain at Gloucester. He got 19. Oh, uh, Suit and Ty got 12. On the Googs, Tim van der Gugden yes. took three for 54 there for is, Glamorgan. There he is. I was waiting for on the Googs. Yeah. Three for. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, we've got Derby beat Birmingham by 16 runs. No Aussies, but the Shermanator got 65 for the Bears. Yeah, so fuck you, Ian Bell. Camp uh, beat Amsterdam by 51. Kent batted first. They got seven for 139. The Stoincloth made 26. Uh, they turned around and they rolled Hampshire for 88. Oh. The old gold Stoin donation took four for 17 off three That's overs. unheard of. Nude nuts. Mm. <laughs> uh, Surrey, got the cho- Surrey got the chocolates against Middlesex, winning by nine wickets. So Middlesex posted five for 221 with Irish Test All-Rounder and our man Peter Sterling getting 109. Ashnago got zero not out. Fucky shit. Um, unfortunately for the missionary positions, 221 wasn't enough. With Surrey chasing the Surrey chased the score one wicket down. Surrey openers Jason Roy who got 84 and our man Finch who, Fucking hell. Our man Finch who got 117 
posted 194 for the opening wicket. Oh. So in doing so, they set a record for the highest opening partnership in a T20 match between Middlesex and Surrey played on a Friday in August. So, well done. Ah, that record <laughs> yeah. that's never broken, but suddenly was. Yeah. Old straight breaks, Agar got none for 43. Uh, so then we got Worcester beat North uh, beat Knots by 72. Worcester got two for 206 on the back of a maiden T20 ton from Callum. My brother flew back home from England to watch me debut in my test, yeah. and I got run out <laughs> for three. Ferguson, who made 102. Uh, DC got none for 31 for Knots. Knots were rolled for 134. DC got stumped for five off Moen Ali. Must have, oh. run, must have run past a straight one. Uh, <laughs> must have been leg side because it went to fucking turn. <laughs> Surrey beat Essex by six wickets. Uh, Essex made five for 157. Tom, I know the marshals too. Curran took one for 46. Uh, Ross's, Ross's man, Jade the Shitfish Dernbach, picked up one for 27. Uh, Surrey chased that. down. Surrey chased down the score with three and a half points. He got more than zero wickets. (laughs) I think their career best figure is one for 27. Uh, I was going to say that. Most ever wickets in an innings. Uh, (laughs) Surrey chased down the score, but Finchie only got 16. But Dumbo, Nick Maddinson got 49 red. Has he still got that dumb moustache, Mick? Oh, I guess so. There's no photos. Those dumb tats. Yeah, He's still got his dumb fish? fucking ears anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zampa took one for 35. Oh, good day out for Zampa. Uh, Pierre, banana's a great source of potassium siddle, took one for 21. Uh, Glamorgan beat Middlesex by seven wickets. There was no Aussies in this one. But notable notable performance was from Rudahiri, my names don't really match, Smith, who took four for six for Glamorgan. <laughs> So this guy's like yeah, that's fucking yeah. He's like Scott. He's like Scottish or something. He's white as white, but yeah, his first name's Rudahiri and his last name's Smith. So that's something else for you. Yeah, I bet you it's like pronounced like Tim or something. Yeah, probably is. Yeah, (laughs) Tim's. What's your What's your name? Bob. Bob Smith. Could you spell that? Yeah. Yeah. R U D I A H or something. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, next up, we got Gloucester took on Kent. Uh, Gloucester won by eight wickets. Uh, Kent made five for one sixty with Joe Denley getting ninety nine not out. Very stiff. Uh, the Stoy cough made seven seven. <laughs> You're right, Roscoe. He's lost it. Suit and tie picked up one for 32 for Gloucester. Gloucester chased it down with four balls to spare. Our man, Maxi Clear, got 46. Stoinis was back to form, taking none for 39. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Uh, no next up, we've got Durham beat Lanks by four runs. Durham batted first, posting seven for 154. Uh, the rim job got one not out. James, sorry, Chris, I'm stubborn, but he's still shit. Faulkner got two <laughs> for 36. In reply, Lanks got nine, got to nine for 150 off their 20 overs. Faulkner made four. Rim job took one for 33, but the talk of the Durham bowling attack was relative un- relative unknown. Liam Travascus, who took four Ooh. for 16. He's so unknown, Crick Info did not even have a photo of him on his profile on the Crick oh, Info website. Him. Fucking hell. He was like the sixth bowler they used, and he took four for 16. 
Maybe they should get it off the uh, CCTV on the training mm. took to get to the ground. Yeah, mm. or the bus right, at yeah. least. He's only played one first class <laughs> game this bloke too, so he's just they just chucked him in the T twenty side to see what would happen. He sounds like me, but instead of one, change it to zero. <laughs> Glamorgan beat beat Essex by six runs Uh, Glamorgan had a bat first They got 7 for 198 Uh, Main destroyer there was Colin Ingram Who got 89 Australian pair Pierre Pierre Settle and Adam Zampa Continued their underwhelming performances for Essex Settle took one for 39 And Zampa got none for 36 Uh, Former WA quick Michael Michael Hogan had a trundle for Glamorgan. He took none for 57 off his four overs. My man, get around him. He's available. Steve McGoffin and him, they're available. (laughs) Fellas, they're available. So (laughs) for those playing at home, none for 57 off four overs is 14.25 and over. But unfortunately (laughs) for Essex, that bowling wasn't loose enough. for They could only get to 6 for 192 (laughs) and lost by six runs. Uh, Durham beat Leicester by 14 runs. Durham batted first. They got 6 for 156, thanks to 52 from uh, the Care Bear, Tommy Latham. Uh, Leicester got 6 for 142 in reply. Mark, 7 sausage rolls, thanks Cosgrove, made 7. <laughs> uh, pick of the Durham bowlers was the rim job. We got 3 for 23. Can I have 7 sausage rolls, but could you put them inside a bread roll and then deep fry that bread roll, and that's how I'll have it deep <laughs> I had them in separate bags because uh, it's seven different people. Only Jacob put them in one bag. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> I was actually on a totally outside note while we're talking about Fat, fat Gots Cosgrove. I was watching The Avengers last night, and in one of the scenes is set in Scotland, and it's outside a cafe, and in the, in the window of the cafe there's a sign that says, yes, we will deep fry your kebab. And it just made me think of Mark Cosgrove, but yeah. yeah. Oh, stop. imagine that. Sorry, I've gone off on a dead <laughs> I'm imagining my own deep-fried kebab. I think also uh, so in got, Scotland, got a couple of... take your um, pizza, Mick, and yeah. deep-fry it, and then take it out, and then fold it over. Put chips in the middle of it and fold it over into like a pizza chip calzone sort of setup. Oh, wow. that, that sounds unbelievably good. <laughs> Why do they need to deep-fry it to do that? Just white bit. Don't ask questions yeah. about genius. Yeah, don't question genius. Yeah. <laughs> He's got. You got to work hard to get a heart attack, Kim. Like, mate, it's not. It's not easy. It does uh, sound good. I just yeah. don't know why you need to deep fry. It, because if you don't uh, deep fry, so, it's not traditional Scottish fare. Ah, uh, hey, moron. Hey. Have some cultural <laughs> sensitivity. I know. I've been culturally idiot. insensitive and actually borderline racist, if I'm honest, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we'll move on from all the deep frying of international foods. Uh, so Gloucester flogged Middlesex by 70 runs. Gloucester batted first. They got four for 242. Maxi Klinger got 45. But it was Ian Cockbane. He's back in the news, old Cockbane. <laughs> who caused the opposition the most distress with 123. Middlesex got got to six for 172 in reply. Suit and tie took one for 30. Uh, Birmingham beat Knotts by six wickets. Knotts had a bat first. They got to eight for 152. DC made 10. Birmingham chased it down to tick over 16 overs with the Shermanator making 54. DC got one for eight. Uh, Lanks beat Yorkshire by six wickets. Yorkshire batted first, making 181. Leading scorer was uh, David. Some people call their dick a Willie, who made 80. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then we, uh, so for Lanks, James, you think this would change my opinion, but it doesn't. Faulkner took three for 24. Uh, Lanks chased down 180. <laughs> Lanks chased down 182 with just over two overs to spare. Carl Brown was the leading run scorer with 51. Uh, Somerset beat Surrey by four wickets. Nick's Matt, Nick Madison made 10 for Surrey. There were no other Aussies. Uh, in the final match, I'll report on Lanks beat Birmingham by 37 runs. Lanks batted first, making five for 185. Carl Brown, Carl Brown was the main man again, making 61. James Faulkner got 19 not out. In reply, Birmingham were rolled for 148. The key destroyer was James. Even a broken clock's right twice a day. Faulkner, who took three for 28. Nine wickets in three matches, Mick. He's a shit cunt. I don't fucking care. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just... Uh, that whole... Even... The whole James Faulkner thing was more poking fun at Chris Henstock because every, ah, yeah. pl- every time Faulkner plays well, he messages our Facebook page and tells me, <laughs> and I still reply saying, no, nah, shit, every time. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that's the Vitality Blast. There were a few games that I've skipped over or haven't reported on yet. The reality of it is is it's not like the BBL was just one game a day. Like, that's not even every game in the two weeks between our podcasts. They play, like, three or four games a day, and it's just fucking hard to get it all down, and it goes too long. So, But that's yeah. that's the main interesting ones that happened. It's, it's about to wrap up this weekend is the last of the matches, and then they come back in... September for the finals, so the next report will focus on the last few games, and I'll have a bit of four-day stuff. Before we move away from T20, I just want to touch on the Caribbean Premier League's been going on as well. Yep. Um, and Dave Warner and Steve Smith are over there because they they can play there even with their bands going on. We know they're allowed to play in other um, nations and stuff. Uh, Steve Smith's been okay, nothing special. Warner's still having his immense lack of form that followed him through Canada has followed him down south into the West Indies as well. So he was a bit stiff the other night. He got given out Albina, didn't even hit his pad, the poor fucking prick. So <laughs> when you're having... If he wasn't having no luck, he wouldn't be having any luck at all. So um, he is really in deep form. But the one thing I want to talk on is, that, is one of our show favourites is Andre Russell, the love muscle... Who had yeah, arguably who had arguably the single greatest game in the history of T Twenty cricket, where he made a ton, yep. took an absolute fucking screamer of a catch, yep. and in the final oval of the day, took a hat trick to win the game. <laughs> in the final over, yeah. oh my god! So it's amazing. So the old love muscle uh, showed why there are still T Twenty teams out there prepared to pay him a lot of money. Because in the in the the West Indies one's probably not as strong as some of the other comps, but that's just the nature of the beast. But he's actually, from what I can tell, reading scores, he's been smashing it over there at the moment. So safe to say, Andrew Russell's the uh, Frederick Harold Sock Company player of the fortnight, and he'll get his uh, crispy pair of socks sent out, no doubt. Yeah, he Andre Russell definitely takes home the uh, the six pack of socks for the player of the fortnight. <laughs> Frederick Harold Mick. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, um, if if it wasn't for the uh, will have bat will travel, um, this this podcast would go for about ten minutes. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it would be it would be Ross saying welcome to episode uh, way too many of the mid off cricket podcast. I'd call Alex a fucking idiot twice, and then it'd be like, all right, now listen to feedback. All right, thanks to uh, Renault Infinity. Let's, let's wrap it up. So. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the end of the English summer because that means I actually have to do something for this podcast. So thank you for carrying us. 
My yeah, pleasure. Yes, good work, Mick. Now, I've got some interesting numbers here for you. I've got the Vitality Blast 2018 most wickets <laughs> in front of uh, me. Hold on, I'm guessing it's James Faulkner. Most wickets. <laughs> Who's got the baby boo, uh, the baby poo helmet, please? Do I have to say that again, mate? Yep. I just said, who's got the baby green poo helmet for oh, the uh, most runs? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you. That's the main reason I don't know. Yeah. Look now at who is leading the wicket takers, and it's old P.R. Brown of Worcester with 25 wickets from his 12 matches. Oh, Pooh Brown? Oh, Pooh Brown himself. Yeah. <laughs> Pooh Rabbit Brown. Don't steal my joke and then fucking make it funny. <laughs> Second place, Mick. The rim job, Nathan Rimmington, 22 wickets. He he seems to pick up one or two nearly every match. Yep. And then we scuttle down a few places in one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh place, Timmy van der Gugden. 19 wickets. Yeah, on the Googs. Fuller's a Gugden. And then (laughs) just one spot below him, JP Faulkner, 18 wickets. An average uh, average of 18. Economy rate of 7.95 runs per over. Strike rate of 13.6 balls. It's right up there. Mm, yeah, but it's not better than right? Tim van der Gugden, who hasn't played yeah, international cricket good. for 100 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> diluted talent pool also. Yeah. Oh, yes. Look at that. Now, um, who do you think might be the... I will not renege on my opinion. <laughs> ...in the Vitality Blast 2018? What was Sherman that, sorry? Yes. Yeah, Sherman Ada. Ian Bell. He's played 13 matches for 561 runs. But Aaron Finch has only Paul Sterling will be up there too, I reckon. Yeah. Aaron Finch has only played eight matches, and he's only made sixteen runs less. So five yeah. matches, five wow. less innings. Shit. Yeah. Where's Paul? Where's uh? Where's Paul Sterling? Cause I reckon he's made at least two times. Dan Christian's made over four hundred runs. He's seventh. Yeah. Told you he's good, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paul Sterling is there. He's about twelfth. Um, he's made oh, three hundred and sixty-two. Okay. Yeah. And then just one run below him is old Ben Duckett. Yeah. Ah! Yeah, what do you well, do with it? There you go. <laughs> no, I won't say that one. <laughs> All right, we move on. Yeah. What do you do with the middle sex? You yeah, duck you duck it. How do they make any good. sense? No, it's not meant to, thank goodness. <laughs> so um, I had a quick look at my favourite uh, ongoing tour. You, you might be familiar with Bull, the concept that Zimbabwe are your team. Well, I, I've now decided to move on from Cricket Australia Chairman's Eleven being my favourite match of the year. And yep. now I've picked an international series that is my favourite series, and I follow it uh, with religious fervour. And uh, oh, right, yes, the, that series is... Sri Lanka and South Africa. So whenever those two teams oh, are playing each other, I'm there, hell-bent, uh, full rod, just watching every minute of play. Yeah. Battle of the, the, uh, the Halcyon. Yes. The Halcyon days of cricket, That's it. Uh, Sri Lanka versus oh, in, uh, South Africa. Yeah, golden oh. era, like never before. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I patiently waited for the only T20 between Sri Lanka and South Africa. And this is how... It's so good, you only need one loss. That's why they only have <laughs> one. And this is how um, this quick info got my juices flowing for that game. Sell-out crowd awaits <laughs> post-script match of the tour. The only T20 match between Sri Lanka and South Africa is shoehorned in at the back end, set to begin less than 48 hours after the last ODI was completed. <laughs> like that's some sort of miracle turnaround for two cricket teams to play... Yeah. A game, have a day off. Two whole days. Uh, and Go then have another it. game. Yeah. 
I'm just saying two whole days, Jesus. Yeah. If I watch yeah. a fixture, guys, I always want to watch a shoehorn fixture. Oh, yes, yeah. one that's been shoehorning. One that feels yeah. a little uncomfortable, a little bit stiff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, Roscoe, how bad, who took... How big are the shoehorns? <laughs> two days. Oh, oh. They're probably so, Roscoe... The players probably want to play it the day before and just get out of there. Anyway. Yeah. Mm. Got golf to play. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You've got four days of golf. Yeah. <laughs> who took home the uh, Pat Simcox and a Juno Ranatunga trophy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, oh, please. In the test cool. matches, it was 2-0 to Sri Lanka. Yeah. In the ODIs, it was 3-2 to South Africa. They won the first three, then took the foot off. Yep. And this was a ding-a-ding-ding. Oh, oh. oh, yes. So South Africa batted first, and they were all out for 98. Well, That's wait. nothing! Mm. And <laughs> a man with five initials. Wake up! A man with five initials. P A D L R Sandarkin took three for nineteen. Sandarkin L. Sandarkin here. <laughs> Someone. No Davilias, no South Africa. What yeah, was that, Vic? No idea. Oh, I said no Davilias, no South Africa. Oh, oh yes. Yep. So then it became, uh, obviously, Sri Lanka's turn to bat and their target was 99 runs from 20 overs. Yep. And they're all going fine until they crashed to be 7 for 88. <laughs> 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 but then the keeper, Chandamal, guide them home with a 36 not out and they scraped home 7 for 99 off 16 overs. So it was an absolute thriller. Uh, Kahisa Rabada took a couple, as did Shamsi and Dala. Different names in the Sri Lankan lineup. How penis uh, waterball go? Uh, uh, the old Q de Cock. Uh, Dick Weller wasn't no. playing. No, Chandamal had the gloves, not Dick Weller. Oh, oh no, Dick Weller. No, Dick Weller. Oh. Now, uh, Alex, you'll be pleased to know that the uh, reserve umpire was Ravindra Wamalasari, and yep. the match referee uh, was, of course. So. Uh, no, what about the match yeah, referee? Yeah. David, Who handed David? over the carbon copies, Ross? Mm-hmm. <laughs> David will be able to guess this from the clues I give. It's Indian fastball of the 1990s. Yep. Who is it? Zahir Khan. No, no, bit before Zahir Khan. He handed the mantle before on to Zahir, Zahir Khan. Khan. Yeah. Zahir Khan was 2000s. As well oh, as okay. the 90s. I thought he played a bit in the 90s. Though, he he was, got my face, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Anil Kumble were sort of the mainstays of the bowling attack. It's Javagal Srinath. Oh. oh, really good moustache, yeah, Javagal. Yes, really good moustache. And, and quite a uh, buffant. <laughs> mm, real brush it up and keep it up style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kept, kept, kept like. real creamy business yeah. until the uh, yeah. late 2010. Yeah, a little bit of air in his hair too. There was no hair on the forehead though. It was all up. It was all up. Nothing yeah, on the forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember him. This is a slight side anecdote. Um, India just prepared a dust bowl and playing three spinners. So Javagal Srinath opened the bowling with, of all people... Old T-Rex arms himself, uh, Sarif Ganguly. Yes, <laughs> one of the worst actions of all time. <laughs> and so the Australians were obviously Shinto scared of the spinners. <laughs> but Greg Blewett got his middle stump knocked out of the ground, second ball. <laughs> and someone else went out in the first over and were two for nothing off the first over. The worst start in the test match until Trent Bridge came along, I believe. Oh, yeah. hell. So that was a test. All I mean, from panic a- over spinners. Yeah, that was a 98 tour, I think, from memory. Mm. Good uh, memory, Ross. Oh, well, it was, it was just, it was massive. Yeah. 
back when yeah. uh, test matches in India had full houses to every minute of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those sort of days. Anyway, there you go. That's what happens when you take an interest in match referees. Amusing anecdotes <coughs> spring to mind. Fucking <laughs> 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 repartee as well, mate. Yeah. 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 Don't just listen, Alex. Learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, all I want to hear is were the carbon copies handed over correctly? That's all yeah. I want to know. And I believe that. And they, they swapped over a little flag each as well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Walked out with children for yeah, some that's reason. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And abused them and then sent them on. And then shook hands in a very well ordered line where all handshakes yeah. happen at exactly the same time as they move down the line, like something. That's it. <laughs> like some sort of conveyor belt of handshaking. Yes, yeah. I don't understand yeah. how they do it so perfectly. <laughs> yes. It's weird. Ah, uh, it is weird. Uh, but that's cricket for you, hey? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> now. Uh, that's cricket, hey? Well, that's, just, uh. that's just local cricket, isn't it? <laughs> Quick one, the Netherlands and Nepal. This was uh, this game was happening during our last podcast, but I'll just give you a quick wrap of it. Nepal batted first and made 216. Netherlands batting second were cruising at 2 for 114 in the 29th over, but then all hell broke loose and they wound up losing by one run. They had 215 all out at the, oh, on the last ball of the innings. They needed wow. 217 to win. So that was the Nepal's maiden ODI victory. Well, oh, that's, oh, well, that's uh, absolutely Nepaling for uh, the Netherlands, I think. <laughs> 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 so did uh, so, Nepal have one of these mystery spinners that everyone always has when something like this happens? Uh, <laughs> indeed they did. They had S. Lamachahi, and it's almost more of a mystery how to pronounce his surname than it is how he spins the ball. <laughs> Uh, I think it's also, so it was happy times for the wounded rhinos. They lived to fight another day than their police. Aren't they called the rock monkeys or something or other? I don't oh, know. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> First stuff about slopes. Far out, mate. Oh, honey oh. badgers. I thought we decided oh. last week they were the Sherpas. Bloody hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they're the I'm rock a bit worried about you, mate. The, the rock melons. So is there any is truth to the rumours that uh, KP oh, is personal security for the rhinos? Yes, that's it. That's why they're wounded. They've got to put up. With, they've got to suffer from the massive ego of Kevin Peterson. Their yeah. ears are wounded with his weird, high-pitched voice thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ill suited to broadcasting. It's like listening to David Beckham if he dropped down an octave. Yeah, all right. Um, well, on that note, we say farewell to international crick, and it's a bit more of some homegrown news. Usman Kamashwa says he's lost up to seven kilos since Australia's. Ill-fated tour of South Africa. That's putting it mildly. Ill-fated. <laughs> Boy, has yeah. he, Ross? Mm. I quote: "I wanted to get fitter, lose a bit of weight, and keep my strength." Yep, and he's done bit... all that. I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. I found it. <laughs> Put in a home gym, from what I read in the article. Especially after coming back from my knee reconstruction. Go. It's only in the last two months I've felt ready to go a bit harder. Well, that will happen when you're a lazy sod. So fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, did you re- did you know Ross that he's jumped mm. higher than he's ever jumped before? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's down to seventy seven kilos. Yes, he's got seven minutes thirty in a two k time trial, which is a PB. Is that elite athlete speed? Seven minutes. I 30 don't in think a it two is two kilometer time trial. No fucking way. Mm. 
Uh, all the markets it. have been better than I've had for at least the last five years. I did it all on my own, pretty much. I had a month and a half on my own after South Africa, just doing fitness stuff, going to the gym. Discovered what a gym <laughs> yeah, was. That's by what the you should be doing if you're trying to get into a fucking Australian yeah, team, doing you it idiots. From the age of 18, I'd suggest. Yeah. Yes. I've got my own gym now. I've Seems like it's a money. bit of a... Needs a... Up until now, anyway, probably needed his hand hand held into the gym and out of the gym. And, you know, I don't think he's that kind of guy. Yeah, he needed a personal trainer to come over and say, Usman, this is 10 kilo dumbbell, 10 kilo dumbbell, this is Usman. Yes. Yeah. Make acquaintances with each other. Okay, you're going to be besties now. Usman's going to be holding yeah. you for an hour a day. Okay, I'll figure. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, introduce yourself to the strong room, we'll see you a lot earlier, you fucking moron. Uh, sparkling bull, didn't hear a word of it. No, I reckon this is great. I reckon it's a simple situation where Usman's just been, like, from a young age, has been this prodigious talent, and everyone's like, oh, you're this, you're that, you're that. So he never focused on the other things that maybe a lesser talented player would focus on, and now he's just realised that it actually does help and contribute to his overall fucking package. Because you can actually feel yeah. if you're fit. You know, mm. things like that. Whereas there's a yeah. liability in the field at the minute. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, interesting um, one. I think he probably just needed a total gym 2000. <laughs> you yeah. got a door? You got a gym! <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Yeah, I now, just want to yeah. say this. He would have dropped another seven kilos if he took his fucking watch off. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Alex, a call back to our earlier musings about that opener who opened for England, who was a young bloke. Yes. His name is Hasib Hamid. Uh, he's a, he's double a double H. E, no, he's a double E, double E, as well as a double H. Mm. He's Ooh. a quad E. Double H, quad E. Yeah, quad E. Fucking hell. He gets and a quad E every weekend. Yeah, he's a 5-5 five five <laughs> in the names too. Hasib Hamid. Oh, wow. 5-5, five quad five, yeah. E, H, H, alliteration. Yeah, no, it's and, an alliteration. And also Illuminati. Confirmed. Confirmed Illuminati. Do you know there's for... an I there's an I on the top of a pyramid in American currency? Really? Yes, I didn't yeah. know that. It's Illuminati confirmed, I believe. Yeah, I now, think it is. Who has Hamid <laughs> played Time for? Time fucking well, shoot my ass. Played for Lancashire under thirteens, Lancashire yep. under fourteens, yep. Lancashire under fifteens. Then he yep. went off the boil a bit. And yep. he played England under 15. Yeah. Then he oh. went off to boil a bit, and he missed out on Lancashire under 16s and went straight to the under 17s. <laughs> then he played for England under 17s, then England under 19s, then Lancashire second 11, then Lancashire, and then England. So there you go. Wow. Played for a lot of teams, and he's only 21 years old. Is he still playing? He's played the three test matches, high score of 82. Oh. There you go. Okay. And he's currently okay. playing... Second eleven cricket, and he's played second eleven cricket pretty much the whole time. He's playing T Twenty second eleven cricket. He played a first Fuck class you game. Know, played a first class game on twenty second of July. Radar. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yes. Interesting times for that young chappy. Hopefully, he gets back in the runs and gets back in England team. I think he no, just sort of uh, got to that age where he found out about women at the beach, so I think he's sort of given up. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> no, okay. Who cares? Really? Maybe he wanted to be a professional skateboarder, so he gave up pretty. <laughs> just loves Ollie Grinds, Mick. <laughs> All right, well, uh, is there any listener feedback? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Biggest news of the week, we haven't even talked about it. Uh huh. 
Stumper Ritson. Darren Berry declined Pakistan <laughs> fielding coach role. <laughs> Darren Berry said, up, 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 I will not take that role that I said I was interested in. I will not replace Steve Rickson for the uh, job of fielding coach for Pakistan. Tough times for <laughs> Pakistan cricket if Steve Rickson's a jumping ship and then yeah, Darren Berry yeah. won't come on board. I know, cool. there's tough times anywhere where you don't fire the fuck out of Steve Rickson. <laughs> mm. He walks before you get a He walks. Yeah, yeah. What sort of ship are you running there? Yeah. He's Steve Rickson's 64 years old, too. <laughs> I think Retire! <laughs> Retire! What are you doing? I think the biggest... Who are you teaching about fielding? <laughs> the last time you fielded, it was 1981. <laughs> Personally, I think the biggest loser out of this whole situation <laughs> is yep. Tim Ludeman. Yes. Because Tim, oh, yes. Tim he got Barry game. had gone to Pakistan and Tim had defected to Pakistan, he might have played <laughs> Test cricket. Because <laughs> we all know that we all know Pakistan keepers are fucking shit house. And Tim <laughs> Tim's a great keeper. <laughs> So I reckon with Darren Berry there, get Darren Berry getting Mickey Arthur's ear, and Tim would have a job like that. So well, I thought you were going to say the biggest loser out of all of this is James Faulkner because he's a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> now talking about wicket keeping, uh, Mick, I think you sent around a tweet with a bit of panache wicket keeping, with uh, leg side stumping off a pace bowler in a T20 game in England with the keeper up to the stumps, just down the leg side, just clean as whistle, took it. Not even really looking. Flick the bales off before anyone knew what was happening. Yes, I um, I actually speaking of Tim Ludeman, I think I got that off his Twitter. So, that, so thank you for Tim for that. But it was very reminiscent of the footage of Tim doing the same thing off DC in a um, in a match in at, Australia at Davy Smalls, by the way. <laughs> IE Davy with an IE Smalls two L's one S at the end. Yep. So I'll, I'll leave you with a quote here, fellas, from. Uh, Darren Berry, I'm extremely oh, thankful do. for the opportunity presented by Mickey Arthur and the PCB. After healthy, dis- stick it up your ass. After healthy discussions <laughs> between the PCB and myself, I've decided that at this point in time, with a young family, Berry uh. has three children, that a full-time international travel was a bridge too far right now. I will continue to work with Islamabad United and the PSL, and will keep an open mind in relation to international coaching opportunities in the future. Wow. I think the oh, robustness, the healthy discussion he'd said was probably about pay. Yeah, I'd I imagine. So. <laughs> or the fact that they were, or the fact they were offering him a volunteer position. And he didn't <laughs> You'll get so much experience. That's why Stumper walked we'll away you, after we'll three years. Shirt. <laughs> That's why Rickson walked away. He realised after three years they weren't paying him. I haven't got any fucking money left. <laughs> fucking coin. I haven't got any money at all. I'm 60 <laughs> fucking four. <laughs> that's, that's what happened, Jim. He, he spent all his retirement money touring with Pakistan. He didn't actually have a job. He was a volunteer. <laughs> he had to pay for his own pay, fucking flights. Uh, <laughs> pay for his own T-shirt. Pay for his own hotel room. Uh, uh, pay for his you. ridiculous sunglasses. Oh, pay for his <laughs> subs, subs every year. Pay your subs. You <laughs> pay your PCB subs. <laughs> All right, we've jumped the shark. Steve Rickson gets so many misses. Goes, where's your retirement fund? Dubai's not fucking cheap, love. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
right, take us out, Ross. <laughs> all right, uh, well, we are on all major social media and podcasting platforms. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, at Midoff Cricket, on our website, midoffcricketpodcast.wix.com. Our next podcast... <laughs> <laughs> Our next podcast will be in a fortnight. Till next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. See you later. See ya. See ya, ya. 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 pricks. <laughs>